Business Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I am super excited to welcome my next guest, who is a Harlem-born artist who began his art career as a graffiti artist, studied at the Art Students League of New York, and earned a BFA at the School of Visual Arts. He's also exhibited at various galleries, featured on major media outlets, and worked with notable clients such as ESPN, Red Bull, Nike, Two Chains, The Versace Mansion, Fantasia, Barino, and Sony Music. His works are in the permanent collections of Viacom and Hallmark cards. Please welcome Hip Omolade. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rob. Love being here. Um, I, I gotta say, you 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 look like one of my doppelgangers. I know you got, and then you get it all the time. I know you get it all the time. Like, Sometimes you get the well, Jeffrey Wright thing. Do you get the Jeffrey Wright uh, thing? We're right there. Um, also, I get uh, Derek, uh, Derek Fisher and Common. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> you, like, you like the three guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 did a, um, I did a talk recently um, for Creative Mornings, and it was about talking about truth, right? And I think mm-hmm. one of the best ways and one of the things that's been effective for me and kind of getting past nerves and creating like sort of a common ground with folks is using humor. And I was like, since you all are my new friends, I'm going to tell you guys the truth. I give myself my own nicknames. Here's a few. And okay. and one of them was Young Fish. And my buddy okay. said, <laughs> one of my buddies was like, one of my, one of my painter buddies was like, you got Lawrence Fishburne energy. You're like a young fish. I was, <laughs> I was like, are you insulting me or is this? <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah, I, can, I see. I see the young fish in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. I want to start off, um, and it's the the actual interview here with, um, you know, and again, thank you for for coming on here and spending the time. Um, and before we get too deep, you know, could you share like like your story, like you know, in a very like sort of introductory, like setting the stage sort of way, and if you could include in there, what was your first experience with art? And I got a couple bullet points after that, but first experience okay. with art, whether it be, you know, I was sketching when I was younger, or I really saw this this uh, painting that had a profound impact on me when we visited museums back in the day. So if you will, share a little bit about that. Of course. Um, well, uh, my relationship with my mother um, really uh, uh, built the foundation for art. Um, when we were, when I was born, I was born in Harlem, homeless. Um, we lived throughout the city. She um, was a member of uh, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. So she was always involved with culture and civil rights, um, women's rights, um, and a real deep connection to art. She also was an artist on the side. She um, made, these, made these collages of um, African masks. So that was like one of the first times I got a sense of, oh, this is what art is. Um, She also bought me comic books because I was really heavy into comic books. And one of the first comics that she bought me was a Spider-Man comic book. So um, comic books coupled with the uh, representations of the African diaspora plus me coming up during hip hop, early hip hop, uh, graffiti, rap, all of this stuff kind of um, defined what I'm doing now. And, and, and uh, she she made it possible for me to uh, go to the Children's Art Carnival in Harlem, which yeah. was a program for young folks, um, the Cooper Union program in, in, in New York, 
um, School of Visual Arts. She was just, uh, she is, uh, um, she's my hero, um, heroine, I should say. Um, and it's funny, um, yeah, it's not funny. She, um, yesterday she was admitted to the hospital. She just turned 80 a couple of months ago. Um, so she's doing well right now, but um, throughout this interview, you'll probably hear me talk about her because she's on my mind right now. I, I definitely hear that. And um, and thank you. Like, I, I think it's always worth taking that sort of, let's go down memory lane real quick and kind of right, see where right. some of those introductory seeds were kind of planted. And I, I always talk about I wanted to be a um, an illustrator. I wanted to draw comics. So, you know, uh, right there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And you know, some of those early gifts, it's like, all right, how can we get him to do something? And it was like, here's these like books, here's these like how to draw this and uh, color pencils and the tools that to, to kind of make your own stuff. And that was the thing I was into. And I and that may not have been the the space that I ultimately would go into later, but that sort of creative sensibility and recognizing creativity and recognizing art was important for, for me as, as a kid. And I think um, my parents were and, and even extended relatives were a part of that and saying, all right, here, you should have these materials. We're not quite sure what you're going to do with them, but you should have them. Mm -hmm. Or even my dad, this is going to be so corny, mm -hmm. but I don't know if you remember the Wildcats book from like the early 90s. Oh, yeah, Jim, Jim Lee? Yes. So yeah, <laughs> I have a younger brother and I, and I remember my dad, he got us like the first five issues mm -hmm. and kids right <laughs> we did not take care of those comics so it's just like well i guess there's the cover of wildcats number one. Oh, there's page six and, <laughs> and you know and now i'm looking back on it like damn it but then i had a little bit of a like awareness of that i suppose you weren't a connoisseur yet wasn't a connoisseur yet but i i do have my old art bag and it's got like all of my number one issues and the the, the, the plastic and all of that gotcha. there so gotcha. i'm in a i'm in a better space now cool so Let's let's talk about like themes and, and purpose and just some of the ideas that are like baked into your, your work or what have you and your most recent body of works. I think that's, you know, always going to be like top of mind. So, you know, when we were talking a little bit be, before we got started and, you know, I never shy away from this idea that, you know, people talking about cities and folks like myself and you <laughs> that. Um. They don't they don't have the knowledge in the background because they don't give us a chance to really speak on it. And that's what's baked into this. So I'm always looking to speak to anyone who I think is doing really great work, has an interesting story and try mm -hmm. to facilitate them sharing said story. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what's baked in and with the purpose, my why, if you will. So, mm -hmm. you know, from that standpoint, could you speak on that a bit? Um, yes. Um, one of the things that was difficult for me uh, being at the School of Visual Arts and even um dealing with comic books. I had an internship at Marvel Comics, by the way, when I was about 17 years old, yeah. um, was that the, there was a lack of representation. And I, I knew early that there's something wrong here um, because of the way I, I was brought up, um, where there was a, a real focus on black pride, black imagery. But when coming to the art world, um, you're not seeing yourself represented in in a way that's that's powerful. So when I'm creating my sculptures and my paintings, I'm thinking about thinking about now. I'm thinking about the past. I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about young folks who are seeing my art. Um, 
can they see themselves in my art? I hope that they see powerful imagery and, and how powerful they can be. Uh, because even now in, in a lot of contemporary art, um, representations of black folks are still very narrow, um, in some places uh, rather racist. So my focus has always been to create a positive, super powerful um, um, imagery that someone can latch onto. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's that's the importance of movies like Black Panther, where you can see a, 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 a hero do something. I think imagery is really important. Um, we look at uh, Obama's campaign and that that uh, that hope poster yeah. was very powerful. Um, Just to pose that, you get. MAGA, obviously, but these imagery, these, these images um, can kind of encapsulate a movement, encapsulate the way people think about life. Yeah. So my thing is to take everything that I know about art, graffiti, comic books, painting from life, sci-fi, mixed with a African identity yeah. and put it all into one imagery, one kind of imagery. I, I love that. And see, you, you're cheating. You're cheating. You, you, you answered another one of those questions I have later. Like, do you feel oh, your man. perspective is presented? I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, he's an overachiever here. <laughs> no, but it's 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 big. And I, I think, you know, you, you want folks doing doing work that is representative of, you know, what they see now, what they've experienced in the past and, and what they aspire for, I suppose, in, in the future. And, you know, maybe like hitting that next person, like, here's something that you can take from 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 me. And maybe that inspires your work or inspires you the way you're thinking or what have you. Like, that's, you know, it's archival in, in some ways. And I remember um, it's, it's, it's a reversion of this quote, but it's talking about like how, you know, maybe imagery, I suppose, where how we view things sort of like trauma and all of these different things is generations in the past and the generations in the, in the, in the, the future, what have you. And I think when messaging is a part of that, so mm -hmm. we just see ourselves depicted in this way, mm -hmm. it has an effect. Oh, this yeah. is all we'll ever be. This is yeah. all we are. Yeah. And when there is a, a bone thrown here and there. It's like, no, no, we, we're, we're better than just a bone. Indeed. And, you know, we, we're a whole skeleton. If, if you, you know, if you want to use that analogy. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. I, um, I look at, um, I look at hip hop music in particular um, and how it created a narrative. It created a imagery that young folks followed. I remember when hip hop, like rap first came out. Um, I think the the saddest thing was the, to me, for me, it was the use of the N-word yeah. and how the use of the N-word changed the way people were thinking about themselves. Um, you could use lyrics from from a stand, and I love rap, from a, from a standard song and, and the Proud Boys could play the same song and they, would, it would, they wouldn't miss a step. It would be the, the same kind of messaging. So um, like music, like TV, movies, I think art plays a part and 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 it can really shape minds in a, in a positive direction. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, that comes out of doing this, kind of speaking on it, where it, it, this podcast started as a response to that sort of like rhetoric of, mm. you know, this is all this city has to offer. And I'm like, mm. Mm, just rats? All right, then cool. And, but really not cool. And 
you know, that really, you know, got under my skin and kind mm-hmm. of seeing like not enough people like, you, you know, as a New Yorker, you know, people talk ill about New York. It's like, nah, you, you got to stand on that. It's kind mm-hmm. of the same vibe. It needs to be more of that sort of pride. And mm-hmm. I recall talking with a friend who's in marketing and I was just like, you know, do you think this is something I can do? I can stretch out. I can get, you know, maybe a hundred interviews. And mm-hmm. what shocked me, she was like, I'd be surprised if you can get 20. We, we don't have talent uh-huh. here. That was kind of the, the idea. And wow. it's sort of the messaging that you hear over and over. And I, I, I knew that she didn't really believe that, but I thought, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she was just speaking of this is how we're depicted. This is how we're presented. So eh, if you can't beat them, join them. And mm-hmm. my natural inclination is fight, fight, fight. Mm-hmm. I can't get 20. I'm going to get 200, you know, <laughs> and that's that's kind of the energy there. And, you know, being able to do that sort of work, have those sort of conversations and be able to connect with folks like you, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's like I, I, like I said, I think this is a tremendous resource that you're creating. It, 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 it It's a counterpart to a lot of the ratchetness that's out there. And it, it is one of the differences in like in early hip hop. There was always this balance. There's a balance now, but I don't think. Um, the positive side is 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 um, is shown as much. Yeah. Um, and like I said, even in, with fine art, if you go to um, an art fair, a lot of the themes are the same when it comes to black folks. It's our relationship to white folks. It's our relationship to slavery, and that stuff is fine. That's that's I think that's all well and good. Um, but we need a, a counterpart, a counterpoint to that. Mm-hmm. Um, that sh- that gives us a better sense of a, of a dynamic, three dimensional culture people yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I talk about it in in connection with with folks in like media and film because that's a, where I, that's kind of the export at times you know you uh, touched yeah. on you touched on rap so if there's a community that is not aware of what black people are engaging in or what are certain communities engaging in then whatever these sort of media and entertainment exports whether it be right. fine art whether it be music whether it be movies right oh those are my black friends right there Right. Right. Smith is your black friend. How does that work? You know, so so if it's depicted in this way that it's either limiting, like when we talk about Baltimore, you know, we got crime, police, drugs. That's kind of it. And we we have more than that. It's it's a a fully fledged city that is close to 70 percent black. So Mm. we're we're more than that. And where are the black weirdos at? I know they're here. I might be one of them. I, I see them regularly. Right. Right. And those are the people, those are the stories that I'm I'm very interested in. So right. so in in this is in the same vein. So from from your standpoint, and and maybe it's more in this question, but do you believe that artists, how, however that's defined as loosely as it can be defined, have a responsibility mm-hmm. to kind of address and maybe comment on political or social issues in their work? I think if you're equipped to do that, sure. I, I would say definitely I think there's some folks who are out there who shouldn't say anything because they don't know what they're talking about. I think it's weird to put the mic like a, I think it's weird for a politician to go to a Cardi B and ask her a question about the community. That's just straight like that. that that's an insult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's not fair to her. I think um, when I see that kind of stuff, I'm like, nah, but if you are well aware of stuff, I think it's, I think the more you know, the more inclined you are going to organically talk about important issues. Yeah. Um, and I see the transformation with certain people when they get out with like, you know, they, they start off one in one space. Let's say, let's say like a guy like Method Man, 
Mm-hmm. I'm big on rap right now for some reason. <laughs> a guy like Method Man who comes out grimy and you know he's a Wu Tang and but later on he he cultivates himself. He's an actor now. Um, he's he's brought in his horizons. I think once you start start seeing the world and you start seeing the impact of what you're saying and what you're doing, yeah. you're forced to you you've got to change. I, it's it's rare that you would see someone who would conduct themselves in the same exact way. Um, so yeah, like I think the the more you know, the, you're gonna say that you you you're gonna talk about okay, no, this is different now. The way I move now, um, I think black folks need to do this, or I'm seeing the world in this type of way. Or I think this politician is good for us because of X, Y, and, and Z. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, if you don't know anything, if you're a, a I'm gonna uh, set this one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're a Herschel Walker, yes. But it makes me think of that Chappelle bit when it's like they immediately go to Ja Rule. What does Ja have to right. say? It's like, I don't care what Ja has to say. Right, right. But that's the insult. Yeah. No other folks, no other kind of people are going to put up with that kind of stuff. And that's mm-hmm. the representation of black folks that, that you're trying to like, you're trying to change. I'm trying to change um, either um, organically or purposefully. Like, we, we know that no, that's not right. Why would you ask this person that? Or why why are you going to him? I know the answer to this. Or I know ten people who know who have a better task going on, and they know that. And I think I think the media knows. Okay, let's just ask X, Y, and Z because he's gonna. And it's no disrespect to like to a Cardi B or whomever. Yeah. But it's um you know that you could go to um a Paris one yeah. and ask him a question or a Chuck D or um even a Kendrick Lamar, someone like that, you're going to get a more profound answer. Yeah. You, you get something that, you know, doesn't hit a, a certain niche or have you. It's like, yeah, we can be broader. Like, you know, like if you're talking with Kendrick, Kendrick has certain accolades that have gone so crossover in some regards of like, mm-hmm. you know, huge awards, Grammys, like, was it, was it Pulitzer or something? It's like, you've gotten these really like broad awards that mm-hmm. multiple communities are listening to what you may have to say and especially within that that most recent album you know some of those things are kind of discussed especially within the sort of black community or what have you that i'm like okay let's actually now start the dialogue versus Uh something in my lane i think as you were you were touching on a little bit with you know i look at other podcasts i was like why is it this why is it just ratchet barbershop sort of nonsense and there's a space for that but it's presented as this is um, this is well thought out. This is informational versus entertainment, and yes. it's 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 pollution in some ways. Yeah, and I think it's it's a it's a fetish of yeah. what people think of what white folks think black culture is all about. I think that's what makes rap so enticing because um, a lot of white folks that say in the midwest so just throughout the world in general um oh this is what black this is what real black is like mm-hmm. curse um you be, play basketball shoot dice oh you're from baltimore it's, it's like the wire how many drugs have you sold right <laughs> you know so they, they so and then you come out and they say well you're not really black black like we want to see mm-hmm. like real black 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 i've heard that i've heard that i don't have enough grime on me i've right. heard that i don't fit the thing and it's like yo i'm a six foot four 300 pound black dude from east baltimore like <laughs> right. like, like what, what do you want you should like because i'm smiling doesn't mean you shouldn't be like oh shit. <laughs> you know, <he's> huge. Right, right. <laughs> right. and you know it's 
it, it's interesting because the I do outside of this podcast, I do a movie review podcast. And mm. I, I think that it's really funny, like kind of what we've been touching on and ping ponging on. We're going to move to process and questions around the work actually in a moment. But the last review that I did was CB4. So oh. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll make sure you, I'll make sure you're able to check it out. But yes, yes. It, it definitely keys in on that thing. And that movie is 30 years old. Yes, yes, yes. It's still, still, um, still re- uh, relevant. One hundred percent. So, and, and moving into sort of like questions around process and questions around like you know, sort of some of the projects you worked on. So, could you could you tell us about like your process, um, like in, in in your recent work, like how you go about it? What, where do you start off? What's something that's in the middle? And you know, I, I hear about you know two things that artists run into. When to start and like, are you finished yet? You know, so talk about those different stages <laughs> within the process. Okay. Um, so with the mask that I work on, I, I start with a mold of a model's face face, and um, I make a chrome sculpture out of that mold. And that's, a, it's, that's part of the most uh, exciting, that's the most exciting part of the, the journey in a lot of ways because other people are involved and it's a communal kind of thing going on. I don't know what the person's face is going to look like. Um, if you frown, that frown gets frozen in time. <laughs> you smile, that 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 you know that expression gets frozen as well. Um, once I had the chrome sculpture, a lot of times I'm just asking myself questions. What will it look like if I take this thing outside? If I go to Times Square with this, or what if I enclose it and fill it with different colors? Or what if I keep it as minimal as possible? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, once I ask those questions, and I'm thinking about. What kind, of, what kind of mood I'm in or what I'm trying to express, um, I start making photographs, hundreds of photographs. And from the photographs, I start painting. And this is when things just really slow down to a almost a grinding halt. <laughs> <laughs> um, recently, I went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and there's an exhibit about uh, African civilization where the exhibit's... Uh, draws the link between ancient Egyptian art plus other African art or Benin art, Ife art. Um, so like in the background, the mask that I'm working on, uh, the painting I'm working on has all of these small faces of famous sculptures. There's King Tut, there's Nefertiti, there's Benin, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So I wanted to do a painting that kind of represented African masterpieces african sculptures but put it all into to to one piece so with this one i'm thinking about the african diaspora sometimes i'm thinking about just a color like oh you know what i'm I'm in a in a mood for blue so i'm just going to get into a minimalist blue thing but this one is fully detailed 10 foot tall um it's taking a lot of time to, to to do (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's funny you you mentioned the size there because uh, I have a question related to that. Okay. Um, so in, in thinking back on like work that you've, you've worked on, do you think that, you know, if a piece, depending on the piece, maybe if one comes to mind, but it, this would look better in a larger scale or this would not, not look better, but this would hit different. This would have a different impact at a different scale, mm-hmm. at, a, at a different way of like kind of creating and, and processing that work. Like, mm-hmm. what's your opinion on like a piece that may have changed? Like, I did this, ah, this was maybe this size, but now maybe looking at it as a sort of a 10 foot piece, this would have so much more impact. Talk about that a bit. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I did a piece that was 
similar to this, but it had images of Times Square, but it was much smaller. And I'm not sure if people really saw the imagery that was that I painted because I was painting with these small, tiny brushes. Um, so I, I thought about, well, what if I enlarged that? And then instead of Times Square, like I said, um, imagery from, from Africa. Um, the other thing I think about is where do I want the pieces to be and what will they, what will, what would make the most sense? Sometimes it's better to work smaller because a, a space might be more confined. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times my collectors are in uh, smaller spaces, so it makes way more sense to, to create uh, smaller pieces. Um, but right now I'm in, I'm in a mode where um, thinking about bigger is better yeah um i want to make a a more impactful statement i'm thinking more about museum shows um places that people can see the stuff from afar and it'll have a an impact and if they come up close it'll have a, a, another kind of impact um where you'll have to slow down and look at all the, the tiny details yeah so yeah, it depends on like um what i'm trying to do i think what i'm trying to express in terms of detail no, I appreciate that. Um, and, and being able to check out um, different exhibits here. And that is, that's, I think, uh, an experience that's going to change, you mm -hmm. know, with, with COVID and all of that. And I know that there have been more like sort of virtual museums and things of that nature where that experience is different. Like, mm -hmm. you know, a camera might be able to go into sort of like, you know, a yeah. structure or something like that. And it's like, oh, yeah. I can see this differently and get to that sort of granularity. It's like, wow, you really, you stitched that? You know, you, you get into it that way. It's funny you said that. Um, recently, I've been doing reels on Instagram. Yeah. And I've been doing that. I've been getting the camera as close as possible and then panning out. People are saying, oh, oh wow, there's, there's a person there, there's, and they can really see. Yeah, you are absolutely, yeah, we're, we're right here, man. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. So, it, so in, in going to it, because I, I know that, you know, earlier you were, you were mentioning like your mother has like a, a huge influence and in sort of like some of those early art sensibilities and even carrying on now as far as things that you've experienced, right? Um, which, which individuals like, and, and maybe ones that somebody wouldn't expect, like, man, I really got inspired by this chef one time. And that really made, you know, so which individuals like in art, writing and other creative fields have had an impact on your artistic style or perspective? Takashi Murakami. I don't know if you know Takashi Murakami. Yeah. No. Takashi Murakami has been one of the greatest influences on my career. Um, and as an artist, because because he's essentially an outsider um, with his own point of view of Japan. Um, and he made his work um, attractive to European American um, um, buyers and, and dealers, yeah. but still maintain a sense of Japan. Um, he And then the other thing that, that that's so special about him is that um, he also was into comic books. And yeah. the, the main difference between uh, he and uh, Roy Lichtenstein and, and Warhol was that they just they 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 took comic books, but he actually was drawing comic. And so same thing with me. I was drawing comic books. It's, to me, it's a difference when someone actually um, engages in the work, and then you can draw upon. You know, I'm gonna take this part here. I'm gonna take yeah. some um, um, anime from here, and I'm gonna take whatever influence from uh, Jim Lee or uh, me. For me, it would be John Byrne, George Perez, Michael Golden. The way they um, painted on um, metallic surfaces yeah. 
love the way this person drew Colossus. So oh, a lot of early comic book <laughs> artists would, um, you don't, you may not see it right away with the work, but they were very influential. Uh, there's a, a Japanese artist, um, another one, um, um, Soroyama, who does these metallic um, women yeah. uh, with airbrushing. Um, he was a major influence. Most people would say, like, if they see my work, they would say uh, um, Jeff Koons. And Jeff Koons is a is a somewhat of an influence. And Chuck Close is a major influence. But really, it's Takashi Murakami and, and Soriyama. Nice. <laughs> nice. I um and for 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 uh for context, my favorite guy is Colossus. My favorite X Men is Colossus. So shout oh, out! Oh really? Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> me, me and my brother like those sort of like it's it's like they are the Capadonna of the X Men. It's like yeah. my brother. My brother likes Nightcrawler, yeah. and, I like, and I like Colossus. It's like man, the ink is still wet in y'all contracts, y'all X contracts. <laughs> so I, I got I got two more real questions, and then I got those rapid fire questions, and. I, I want to get a sense on like, you know, working with clients, like, is there a certain criteria that comes to, to mind when, you know, someone approaches you? It's like, hey, you know, we're Sony, we're Nike, we're whoever, you know, that we would love to work with you. You know, what kind of like sort of processing goes on in your mind as to, all right, who do I want to align with what I'm doing? You know, because there is it's a lot to be said about that. You know what I mean? Where. People say, oh, I just go after the biggest contract. I've heard that from people before. And I'm like, wow, that is your work is not that type of work. I don't know. <laughs> so, so what is your sort of criteria when it looks when evaluating um, potential opportunities? Um, usually I say no, just off, just off the back because I'm into my own thing. I just sure. say no. Nah. Nah. Um, if it's interesting and if it aligns with what I'm doing, then I'll um, take part in it. And, and if and if there's some kind of relate, so um, so normally I don't do um, um, I don't do uh, like collaborations, and I don't do um, I can't even think of the word. But normally I don't paint other people. So, but but two chains reached out to me, um, and he was really nice. He was a really cool dude. Came to my house. Came to my studio. Was really respectful. Um, did a painting of he and his wife for their wedding at the Versace mansion in Miami. Nice. That was an organic kind of thing. Um, he introduced me to Swiss beats. It was like a, like, it was really cool, but there's other folks that I'll just automatically, I would just say, no, um, there's been offers for NFTs and I'm like, no, um, I don't want to do <laughs> NFTs. Um, this people talk about AI. I, I no, Cause my thing is I'm not trying to bet against myself. I'm trying to do something that conflicts with what I love, which is paint on canvas. That's how I want people to experience my work. Or if they buy a print, that's cool. But um, so like I saw people on, I see people on Instagram who um, use AI and the AI that they're doing is better than the stuff that they're painting by hand. And yeah. I said, like, oh, you're, like, you're really killing yourself. So I don't, mm -hmm. I don't engage in that kind of stuff. But for, yeah, for clients, usually I, I would say no, unless it makes um, a lot of sense, and then it, 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 it jives with what I'm doing. That's it's very very similar. Um, when folks come to me and hey, we would love to align, blah blah blah. You can do the storytelling, blah blah blah. And I was like, that's cool. What which version of this do you want? Do you want me, Dion Sanders, to hired gun sort of sort mm -hmm. of thing, or <laughs> do you want me? Because mm -hmm. what is me comes with 
me, not mm. this sort of you're going to write the questions and I'm a black face kind of helping you get over in the urban demo. That's mm. that's, that's not what it is. And oh, there wow. have been some of those things that I'm like, that's a nice number, but I'm going to have to like decline that. That doesn't really fit with what I'm doing. And I'd rather kind of be keep some of that sort of credibility that's there. You know, mm. there's a degree mm. of being contrived and recognizing that you know, I'm an outsider and I have folks who have a really strong like arts pedigree that tell me all the time, like art journalists and so on. They're like, mm. you know, you're in this scene, right? I was like, no, mm. no, I'm not. It's like, you are though. And it's like, oh, yeah. okay, Pre appreciate it. Uh, but still kind of feeling that. So I'm very aware when someone reaches out with a number and it's like, we're trying to tap into the podcast market and I do consulting in this lane as well. And it's mm. like, I know what the whole thing is. I know the analytics. I'm a data analyst by day. So I know all of those things. I can paint a story for you. Mm. But having to be very mindful of what one is worth in that regard or what have you, like to what degree does one kind of sell parts of why they do a certain thing, why mm. they're approaching their work. How do you mm. like sell off those pieces? Those are the things I'm always sort of thinking about now that I'm getting this sort of like credibility or this sort of awareness and acknowledgement that I would imagine a lot of artists run into all the time um, because it takes a lot of courage to, to, to go into being a creator and, you know, having hat in hand sometimes to try to get funding and so on. Yeah. I'm just scared to waste my time. That's, right. that's the biggest fear that right now I want to make the most impactful statements possible, the most impactful art possible. And if it's through a, a, a client that that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. But if it's wasting time and because the other part of um, collaboration sometimes is that you're dealing with someone who's next to the man, that's next to the man, that's next to the man, that's next to the man, who by the time you, someone makes a decision, like everything's thrown off and that person who you're dealing with can't even really make a decision. I wasted right. a lot of time We'll, we'll quote unquote um, collaborations. <laughs> uh huh. That's like, yeah. I was like, can we get to the next person? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that, that wild blonde CC. Um, right. So with that, it kind of leads into this this last real question. Um, but it's more of almost a shameless plug. It's like a pre, a pre shameless plug in, in terms of like future projects that are coming up. What's coming up in the next couple of months or what have you? Um, that that's that's on your mind. That's um, on tap. Um. I'm going to be in a group show with, um, I think it's the Harmon Gallery in, in the Lower East Side. I think that's the name of the gallery. Um, some fellow artists, the names will escape me, but that's that'll be later on, I think, at the end of the summer. Um, and then I'm working out a deal with a French gallery, um, but I haven't. we haven't finalized anything, so I'm yeah. scared to even say anything yet. Um, so those are like the two things. And then, like I said, the, the, the biggest thing right now is I'm working on this, this painting. I haven't found a space for it. Um, it's too big for the, both of the galleries I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, so right now it's just really working on these large scale pieces. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the two shows coming up. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. It's like, we're still in the beginning of the year. So it's just like, look, I'm, I'm out here prepping. I got painting. Yeah. I, got, I got 10 foot. I got gargantuan paintings to do. <laughs> and that's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, I want to move into these rapid fire questions and then we'll be we'll be done. We'll shameless plug it out and then we'll be done. You know, I can order my myself Greek food and uh, you can get back to painting your like Titan paintings. <laughs> All right. So so here's the first one. Um. 
what is the, in, in your opinion, what comes top of mind, what is the most valuable piece of advice that you've ever received regarding your work? Don't bet against yourself. Finish what you start. Love that. Um, who is the artist that made you fall in love with art? Uh, John Byrne, comic book artist. Uh, we, we, so you, you mentioned uh, you might be in your sort of blue phase at, earlier. Like, I might just want to work in this color for a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite color combination to work with? Um, orange and blue or pink and blue. Okay. Um, so you're in Harlem, right? And uh, no, I was born in Harlem. Har born, I was in Harlem. born in Harlem. Okay. Okay. So. In that sort of um, Jersey, New York, what do you, what is what are the gems for you? What are the hidden gems for you? Like, yeah, you got to get like, I get this pita from here. Yeah, you got to get a slice from there. What are your where where are your spots? Oh, oh man, that is a great question. See, I've been, <laughs> ugh, um, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, and it doesn't have to necessarily be food either. It could just be like, this is a spot that I really like. That's really dope. That matches my sensibilities. Like I like certain places that have like a mix. So there's a place that is a, it's a place called good neighbor here um, in Baltimore that they're more of like a design shop, but they having mm -hmm. to have really good coffee and people deem it as a coffee shop. And I have to remind them, I was like, no, this is the design place that has mm. these, these like these art magazines and all of that stuff that makes a good cup of coffee. Um, there was a, this this bar, um, Picou, Picou, P-E-C-O-U-E, which they make these really good, I had like the best drink of my life there. <laughs> um, they've closed down. <laughs> but they, they made this, this, it, this drink was like the best drink I've ever had in my life. Uh, my friend Sean, he would always tell me this place. Ah, I forgot the name. <laughs> It's funny as as a person who, like right now, I um I was entertaining right, and I had some folks coming from out of town and doing these these interviews, and one of my buddies came down from uh, Philly, and I was like, yeah, let's go to dinner, you know, you can bring bring my partner, we can all just kind of kick it, and then we go to my buddy's place who owns this restaurant, and mm -hmm. we get the chef's table, so we're right there at the window seeing everything that's happening, so right there. It's already looking baller, and they're like, oh, the great Rob Lee is here. Your drink is here, sir. I have a drink on the menu. Oh. So it looked even more baller. It's like, oh, well, three of the finest Rob Lee's coming over. It's like, oh, you guys have shifted the glasses on these. And just the feedback has been really great. It was um, it was one dude that I interviewed, um, dude named Andre uh, Maslin. He he texted he um, he emailed me before the interview. And he was like, yo, are you the Rob Lee from the menu at the place Forge? So I was like, oh, hey, I'm the same guy. I was like, yeah, I came up with wow. that. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, no, that's baller. I haven't had any uh, drinks of food named after me. That's that's true baller status. <laughs> I, have that I will say in, in Brooklyn, there used, to play, there used to be a place on um, Franklin and Eastern Parkway that made these really good oxtails. Oh, nice. I used love going there. I don't know if, it, if it's still there or not. Man, you got to pop over to Cuts and Slices, man. Get that oxtail pizza. Cuts and Slices? Yeah. Oxtail pizza? Yeah, it's a, it's a chili oxtail pizza. They're brothers, too? It's, it's, it's so it sounds scary. <laughs> so so this, is the, this is the last real question I got. I mean, the last uh, rapid-fire question I got for you. Um, I, I have to ask it because I think it's a little trolly. You, you, you got, I went through an index, right, of different comic characters. And when you get to the Bs, especially in DC, right, everyone is black this, black snow, black Avenger, whatever, right? Like, what like, your, <laughs> there you go. What is your favorite black comic character, preferably one that does not have black in their name? 
Storm. Boom. For next. Done. Storm next. Hands down. Um, yeah, super powerful. Like, like, yeah, Storm was from day one. Um, and maybe because my mom is such a powerful woman, um, yeah. seeing a powerful African woman with Storm, yeah, hands down. We got it. We got it. So... <laughs> With that, I think it's a good spot for us to wrap. Um, I'm going to open it up for you to um, one. One, I want to again thank you for for coming onto the podcast and my pleasure. This is yeah, fun. Thank you. And, and two, I want to invite and encourage you to share with the folks where they can check you out, website, social media, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Um, folks can check me out at Kip Omolade, K I P O M O L A D E, on all platforms, um, and my website, kipomolade.com. Um, that's what you can find. Well, there you have it, folks. I'm Rob Lee for Kip Omolade saying that there's art, culture in and around your neck of the woods. You just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.